I come back to this every time, but it always strikes me. It's the fact that this, like, these scandals that are sort of rocking the government, right? And again, I don't, I'm not, I, I think you're an idiot if you make predictions. I don't know if it's going to bring it down or it's just going to make it hard, whatever. But the fact that it's, like, constantly rocking the government, but over, like, a meal deal mm-hmm. is just, it is, it is catnip to me. Asking Boris Johnson at PMQs if he did or did not enjoy a fisherman's friend under <laughs> Lucas' aid. Do you, do you get, at long last, sir, did you get normal crisps? Did you, yeah. did you get ready salted? We should be able to rate the Prime Minister's meal deal. What did he have? That's what right. snack? That's what right. Did he, have, did he have the goat meal deal, uh, yeah. which mm. includes a Lucas' aid original and peppermint uh, fisherman's friend? This was their reward. Was like, yeah, all for this. It the, was all in yeah, pursuit of was, the meal deal. And whomst so, among us has not been led astray by the promise of an original LucasAid? Yeah, I'll tell you this. Starmer would not have brought in M&S picnic food. He would have stuck to the mainline supermarkets and he would have said, if, we, if there are seven of us, we can have five meal deals. Everyone gets a sandwich in a bit. Mm-hmm. And we share the crisps. Yes. And I have some yes. cups. No one should be buying crisps that other people won't want to share. Don't think that's a tactic to get your crisps <laughs> to yourself. If I see anyone showing up with prawn cocktail or ready salted, I'm going to kick off. <laughs> Monster Munch is acceptable if it's flaming hot. No pickled onion. Keir Starmer just sort of like solemnly opening one of the meal deal bags of Stroop waffles, you know? And just sharing yeah. them out individually. <laughs> yeah. oh, no. He would open up the Stroopwaffle and then hand two people each. Oh, cutting yeah. up the individual yeah. waffle with a knife and fork. Oh, how awful. Um, but yeah, like it's, I mean, again, also, you go back to the fact that, yeah, this is a pantomime of something like public accountability or whatever, because, yeah, all of this stuff just gets drip-fed now that he's, like, less useful to the, to the, the people who are, like, actually important and they would rather have like you know a more competent administrator of you know the um of, of this sort of slow unwinding of the state whether that's a competent administrator in the form of like Rishi Sunak or a competent administrator in the form of Keir Starmer they will basically be doing the same thing mm. of course and there's always just, chaos yeah. mode which is Liz Truss yeah yeah absolutely that would be the that's funniest that's what we're gunning for <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. i mean no you know you know i'm gunning for as, my boy matt as as yeah. satirists as comedians i think we're all mm. we're all firmly on team liz i think we all want to open yeah. up some new pork markets yeah, yeah. she's electable if you vote for yeah her. that's it's right like, it was described to me by so i was talking i was talking about um about our sort of our sort of review of like the liz trust character as it as we like, this the person has been mm. presented and they're like, oh, yeah, it's PM Bridget Jones. <laughs> it's like, great. Yeah. Sounds cool. <laughs> um, I think so. Bridget Jones is a bit smarter than Liz Jones. <laughs> yeah, that, I, think I think that's that really unfair to Bridget Jones, quite Bridget, frankly. Bridget Jones is just horny. <laughs> so uh, there's, but there's another thing, right? There's another sort of undercurrent here, which is like when we're talking about a, a lot of what's being talked about here as well, right, is is. And this was to do with uh, Christian Wakeford leaving like the Tories and crossing the floor to Labour. These are revelations from, you know, like uh, William Rag, right, saying, "Oh yes, red. We are routinely like say blackmailed into voting a certain way by saying, well, we withhold funding for like a high school or, or a road in your district or whatever. You don't know, vote with us on, for example, like ending free school meals, right? Because there were a bunch of Tories who were going to 
vote for you know vote 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 in line with labor for free school meals or at least they were saying they were going to because they might want to like negotiate with their own party whatever um like ah well if they they said if i didn't vote this way then i was going to be and then i was going to like you know lose all this funding and what's what i find what i find completely fucking disgusting is not any of this st- stuff that's been going on right that's table stakes for british electoral politics but all of the people who have been crowing about, say, the victory of decent politics, for example, in 2019, right? Uh, Britain defeated chaos, and we, we, we want our respectability back. Are, are, are the same people who've been knowing that this has been going on forever are now acting fucking surprised. Mm. Yeah, two things I want to throw in. Number one, uh, I, uh, you know, Twitter recap, and I don't know the person who made this comment, but every time you bring up William Ragg, I'm reminded by the post of somebody saying that there's a Tory MP named William Ragg, which means he's Billy Bragg's Wario. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but in addition to that, I think the thing that really gets me about this is that every time this happens, there's like a threshold crossed at which all of the, you know, broadsheet journalists make their own revelations that they, in fact, also knew about this at the time. They were on the invite. They had photos. They had source stuff. Or like the government flat out was like, hey, we're going to have a big kiss each other on the mouth lockdown breaking party in the middle of like the day after or whatever the fucking, you know, Boris Johnson's Twitter account is tweeting praise for a British woman who who, who canceled her birthday party because of coronavirus restrictions. Like, ultimately, it's not a surprise that it's one rule for them, one rule for us. Get it. I understand that. But I think the thing that really frustrates me is the extent to which, like you said, Riley, pretend to act surprised is that there's never a moment when after all these people, you know, from past and on downwards are basically like, oh yeah, I, I completely knew about this. Wow. It's shocking. And you're like, well, why the fuck didn't you say something? And they, they genuinely never do. And you realize just how, how much, and I think Hussein, you've talked about this a bunch in the past too, that ultimately what it comes down to is that your job as an establishment journalist in Britain has nothing to do with reporting the news. It's making sure you get that spectator garden party invite every year. And as long as you do, in fact, get the invite for the successive year, you have completed your task. And it's it, it, and the idea that you can look at that and be like, oh, yeah, Britain's got an enviable anything, but certainly an enviable press. Like, it's a joke, man. And what it also goes to show, I think we talk a lot, right, about the state, the party and the press kind of being, in effect, one thing. And the fact that we have like a code of silence about not just like the parties, which, again, are trivial, but sort of uniquely designed to inflame the rage of a certain <laughs> um, category of British voter. Um, but, but we also have like the fact that this is run like a mafia, right, where you have this omerta over all of it. And the fact that now that it is convenient to now that there is sort of blood in the water and it's convenient to attack the government, all of a sudden, everyone, everyone reports about it. And then just discussing even just to discuss openly to, you know, to, to allow to allow this thing to kind of drift into the public consciousness without doing what the British press usually does, which is obfuscate and explain away. Right. There is now like a, a, an actual like there's now an, like people are saying, well, there's actually been a crime that has been committed here. This is just the routine operations of government. Right. But as soon as it is allowed to be as soon as it is portrayed, let's say, without the lens of British columnist logic on it to um, yeah, to to muddy the waters more or less immediately it becomes a scandal it, it, it goes to show like of all of the of all of the like sort of um you might say managed democracies 
This one is the most totally managed and also one of the most embarrassing, like, managed crazy. also by embarrassing morons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's respecting Omerta, but they didn't expect this one Sopranos podcast that was willing to talk about it. <laughs> you what it was? It's, it's yes, talking Sopranos. I'm Steve Sherpa. Yeah, that's right. God, that's, I, I listened to a couple episodes of that. It was fun. Um, right? And so... You know, it's of, of all of these things, right, where, oh, it's blackmail, it's threat, it's like, it's stopping you from like, like carrying out your job as a, um, as, as, as a parliamentarian from doing the things that you are, are in your job, you're, everyone's supposed to pretend that you do. They're now pretending that they didn't know it was all pretend. Um, and it is, uh, uh, it, it is absolutely embarrassing to see them uh, cravenly, uh, essentially just uh, all, again, Flying together like a flock of um, particularly um, mendacious starlings over Rome, uh, you know, all just sort of taking wing in the same direction of, oh, yeah, I, I used to say like this never happened or it was a conspiracy if it happened, but actually it did happen and it's a huge scandal and everyone should be mad about it. But also we needed to make sure that the people who did this kind of thing stayed in power for another five to ten years mm -hmm. for sure. hundred percent. We fought tooth and nail to make sure this is the kind of thing that would happen. I mean, that was what Cummings said flat out. He was just like, yeah, we all knew this guy was a moron, but, you know, the, the point was everyone everyone left, right, and center, you know, with, with certain exceptions granted, decided the more important thing was no Corbin. So that's what we got. We got, we got mm -hmm. the, the dumbest asshole to ever walk the fucking earth. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, but I, but, but I mean, like, even... I mean, like, looking at some of, like, the reactions to this, and, you know, we, we've shared them around in, like, the group chats and stuff. And it's very much like, for the people who did definitely vote Tory or at least kind of were very aware of what um, advocating for like a non-labor position would end up in. Um, they've still kind of like justified their decisions um, and they sort of, you know, and they, their, their position seems to be more like, Oh, you know, the party's stuff is really like the step too far, right? Hmm. Like it's this kind of things that we couldn't have predicted. Whereas like everything else was like broadly fine, right? Like, you know, after the 2019 election, they were very happy to sort of, you know, kind of admit that, you know, the the kind of rejoin strategy was going to be a failure from the start, regardless of who was going to run it. They've been very happy with Keir Starmer, like kind of saying, like putting out the Corbyn response, initial Corbyn response of we're not going to rejoin and we're not having, we're not presenting any campaign to rejoin. Um, they're kind of like central policy uh, their central like policy concerns were dismissed like from a from the outset, and most of them were very happy to sort of accept that. For them, this is very much like about the rules and the regulations and kind of like the institutions. I'm not I'm not even convinced that they even care that much. I think a lot of this is very much yeah. like you know because they can they can now kind of like present themselves as being you know well-meaning liberals that were right in 2019, and they're right now because at both 2019 and now what they cared about was like the reputation of British institutions.